Welcome to Triumph, a show about God's mercy and post-abortion healing. I'm Tim Welsh, Executive Director of Bethesda Healing Ministry, an organization that's been around for 26 years, dedicated to helping women and men through the sadness and pain of, post, of, the, of a post-abortion experience and into a more joyful and triumphant life. You know, post-abortion stress is, is, uh, and post-abortion trauma is, not, not, is a well-known phenomenon, but very few people want to talk about it. Everybody wants to talk about whether abortion is legal or illegal and the political realities of the of the abortion debate and, and the competing sides seem to be at each other's throats all the time. But and, – and really this is one of the most long-lasting and contentious debates in American history. But left behind and left in the wake of, of all the debating are the women and men who are damaged by the abortion experience. In this show, we hope to unmask some of the secrets of the uh, post-abortion experience and post-abortion healing and bring into light some of the complexities associated with post-abortion issues. And again, I'm joined by my co-host and wife of 41 years. I, I, you know, Joe, I have to yes. giggle a little bit. Hello. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to giggle a little bit at that term co-host because it seems like we're co-hosting like everything these days it's uh, true it's really it's uh, amazing it's yeah we're, we've got we're so many things in high schools and you know second grades yeah and, you know we're yeah. just all over that's right now we're on the radio now we're on the radio. look at yeah. us second graders i was talking about diapers not yeah. anything it wasn't too heavy well uh anyway. that's that's a different show so <laughs> <laughs> so here we are talking up about post-abortion issues, and and you know this is meant to be really a, more of a joyful show than anything else. But I think we do have to lay some groundwork, and I mm-hmm. think we have to set some context to to for future discussions. But we don't want to make this a, a very uh, a sad show or anything mm-hmm. of the sort, because ultimately, you know, we are brought from point A to point B by God, by a merciful God who allows us to experience things that may or may not that just may not be that um uh comfortable for us so uh, and in fact they may be rather painful so um today i thought we would talk a little bit more about we'll, we'll sort of reiterate what we talked about last month and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the aftermath of your abortion experience and we'll dive a, a little bit deeper into what it was like for you and for me sort of after the experience mm-hmm. um so just to sort of recap where uh, uh, our life, I guess, is that you were – you had a pregnancy at age 16. Mm-hmm. You uh, uh, basically were disowned by your parents for a period of time anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and by the way, we should footnote the whole thing. The, one of the most beautiful things I've I've seen in my life was, was with your father who mm-hmm. does not believe in God or didn't – he died a, a uh, anyway, theoretically, not believing in God, I hope that he had a deathbed conversion. But um, uh, just the day he passed away, or the day before he passed away, it was it was mm-hmm. a there was a cleansing that happened, and it yep. was. I remember him saying that he was just that you were the the best daughter a guy could ever hope for. Yep, and that uh, that is full circle. Yep, I mean Absolutely. that that is the mercy yep. of God. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, um, 
So we we go from point point A point B to from point A to point B uh, by by the grace of God, and let's just talk a little bit about so so the, to remember the stage we were. You had a pregnancy at sixteen, very difficult time for you, mm-hmm. very hard time for you, and um, and I I just can't I can't imagine a time being harder for almost anybody, but. So then you and I started dating. That was with a, a boyfriend in high school. And then you and I started dating, and we became sexually active, and we became pregnant. And mm-hmm. uh, you decided you were going to have an abortion. And your recollection is that you didn't give me much of a choice. I don't yes. recall it quite that way, but I don't recall feeling that. But um, I, I trust your recollection to it. So you had an abortion. um it ended up not being what it was cracked up to be, uh, physically, emotionally, everything yep. else, and yep. and um, uh, so this week I I thought we we might want to talk a little bit about you know what it was like after the first week, after the first month, after mm-hmm. the first six months, six yeah. years, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so what did you feel in the first week? Um, so really felt. This sounds probably awful. Um, kind of relief, you know. I all I wanted was my life back. I wanted to just wash away that sin, thinking that you know another sin would definitely take care of yeah, that. Right? Isn't that always the case? Um, but anyway, um, the first week it was more. I was more attentive to my kind of what was going on with me physically. And what was going on with you physically? Just. Um, I mean, you know, after you have an abortion or a child, you have, you know, you have lots of things going on. You have lots of bleeding, bleeding. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Is it okay to say? You can that? say that on the radio, I think. So, you know, and so I so I was more concerned about that because I didn't want it I didn't want there to be some kind of a big issue. You know, mm-hmm. I want everything to go smoothly because you know, then if something went wrong, then that would meant my parents might have to get involved, right? Oh, yeah, once again. Once again. Yeah, so the sure. thing I was trying to avoid. So, um, so it was more that, um, but I still didn't. As I mentioned before, um, the girls that that took me to the clinic, you know, one of them was getting married, and we went out wedding gown shopping. Which this sounds really bizarre, I know, but um, she had had an abortion, so she was fine. She seemed fine. She's planning her wedding, and um, things seemed to be great with her. So, you know, I the feeling that I was having, just this awful dread kind of awful feeling, you know, I didn't see in her. So I thought, well, it must just be me. Maybe this this will pass. So, mm-hmm. But really that first week, it was more like get through this physically, you know, kind of take it easy and make sure I don't have any issues or anything critical go along. You know, you bring up a really good point that um, that we should make and should actually underscore. Um, not every woman or man, for that for that matter, that goes through an abortion experience has latent um, issues with that. I mean, no, that's the, true. It, it, nobody quite knows what the statistics are, um, but even if it's one in ten women or two in ten women, um, that's a whole bunch of walking wounded out there. Yeah, and absolutely. And, 
you know, it's it's um, even Planned Parenthood. You go to their website and they will they will talk about post-abortion stress or post-abortion syndrome. It's a well-known thing. Nobody really knows how prevalent it is. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that in there because I don't want to don't want to paint the picture that every single the woman goes through an abortion uh, goes through a life of uh, sadness and sorrow because that just sure. isn't true. Some women walk away from that and they're either they either bury it psychologically. Or they just don't have an issue with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for, true. For a number yeah, of reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, we should do that. So the first week, we're mostly it's mostly physical. You're paying attention to what's going on with your body, and then then so what about a month? Where where does that go from there? So it's and it's really kind of hard to to say definitely because um, you know I immediately just started you know acting like this never happened, right or you know, kind of pushing down any feelings that I had. And, um, you know, a month out, I'm physically, I'm good. Um, But, you know, you and I, we never talked about it. So it was kind of like, this was just my, my secret, you know, my, my pregnancy at 16 was a secret. This was a secret. So I just had to keep going and plugging away. Um, These are just things I had to just the cross I had to bear, I guess. Yeah, and it's not one of those things that, you know, a man anyway, or at least me, this man, you know, I'd never think to say, oh, yeah, how'd that abortion go? I mean, it's, yeah, it's how just, you feeling? It's just not one of those things that it would cross your mind, I guess. Well, we I, were young, too. I don't even, <clears throat> not, not that it's okay because we were young, but we were young and didn't really know what we were doing. No, that, that certainly... Certainly, I didn't. I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you included me in that. So, so we we um, uh, got married in 1978. Yes. Uh, roughly Good. a year after um, the yes. abortion uh, yes. ish. I mean, maybe it's yeah. 14 months or so. We can't. Neither one of us can remember what month of the year it was in 1977. But um, how did you feel on the wedding day? How did you feel on the, you know, what what was that like? I mean, were there any kind of feelings that you had then? Um, I was, you know, I was really just, again, wanting that day to be over no. because, mostly because, you know, there's so much pressure. I mean, your family, my family, you know, everybody wants, everybody wants this to be perfect, right? And um, it wasn't. It was what three hundred plus people. I mean, it wasn't like an intimate little wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was all about everybody else, really. When you have a wedding, it's yeah, it's, sure. it's not so much about the couple that's getting married. I feel. But there wasn't any thought about about any about the abortion or anything like that, or. No, I. You know, I was. I think I was scared because. I knew this was a decision I was making forever, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd already made a couple pretty big decisions forever that, you know, didn't really turn out that well. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was just scary, I guess. And um, not being really grounded in my faith at the time, um, and, and probably because of the abortion experience, you know— just um, really not being that um, kind of in line with 
with my faith and 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 with God. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. We we really haven't talked about any of this, and I I don't mean to pry into anything uh, in public <laughs> that uh, you don't want to get into. So, but so you just you just have to say that's too personal if I if I get there. So okay. um, and forgive me ahead of time. But I think it's I I think it's noteworthy that you know most relationships end within six months of the abortion experience. Um, the vast majority of them do. And it's I, I think we're really blessed by the fact that we actually were able to I mean it's now it's been forty one years for gosh sakes, right. you know. So right. um so we get married in, in uh nineteen seventy eight, in August of nineteen seventy eight, and about a year and a half later mm-hmm. we uh find ourselves pregnant again. Yeah. And what what was it's curious Again, I, we've never talked about this, but it's curious to me what 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 did you when you found out you were pregnant with Casey? What was the first thing that crossed your mind? Do you, remember, do you can you get there? Um, I was a little afraid, but then I thought, okay, I'm married, <laughs> so it's okay now, right? I'm, I'm allowed to be pregnant. <laughs> I'm allowed to be. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. You know, it was one of those things where I was afraid to tell people. You know, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this thing they call in kind of in the healing and in the abortion healing world that, you know, people have like they call a replacement baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I've I've always denied that that was the case, but it almost I feel like now as I reflect back on this, that maybe you know, me having a child, I mean, we were married a couple of years. I mean, she was, yeah, maybe not that long, but I mean, it was 1980 when she was born. So, um, um, she was, um, so you didn't really, it, it was a little scary, but, but again, you're, you're suddenly, you recognize that, wait, I'm, I'm allowed to be this. Right, way. right. So, so you know, it was thing. okay. And, you know, I could, I could tell my mom or, um, but I still had, you know, with every pregnancy and we must tell the audience, we have five children, mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, with every pregnancy, I always had that kind of feeling like, oh, you know, what are people going to think of me? <laughs> I am, I am just a bundle of craziness, aren't I? <laughs> well, you're listening to that craziness on uh, St. Gabriel Radio on 820 AM, and you're listening to Triumph. It's a show about God's mercy and post-abortion healing. I'm Tim Welsh, and I'm here with my wife, Joe, who's co-hosting with me. And Hello. Uh, we're sort of diving into some fun stuff about pregnancies and, and abortion and all that stuff. So, uh, so, so with every with every child, you felt a little bit um, ill at ease then, would yeah. you say, yeah. with every yeah. pregnancy? Yeah, and never really wanting to, you know, there are some women that are like, oh, I love being pregnant. That wasn't me. Um, I never, never like really embraced that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love kids and I loved our kid. I love our kids. But, you know, the whole being pregnant thing, I never... I never liked it. Yeah. But there were some women that just love being pregnant. I can't imagine loving being pregnant, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I just think, 
you know, your clothes don't fit anymore, your ankles swell up, you get sick in the morning, you you gain all kinds of weight, and I just can't, and, and you know, you, you need help getting out of chairs, the whole thing, I, I just can't imagine, yeah. but, but that's the, you know, that's the, that's the feminine genius that John Paul talked about, you know, that, that there is that, that room in a woman for another person. Yeah. And, and that, that's not just physically, that's sort of a metaphysical thing that, that, you know, there's always room. That's why the women are so nurturing as opposed to men being a little bit more pedantic in what, in, in our sort of thought processes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you have, you have, um, did you did you feel like I mean I know looking back on it you kind of maybe think that that Casey our firstborn was a a replacement child and I do remember a time I remember when you were in the hospital with Casey and trying to breastfeed mm-hmm. and I remember that morning very distinctly that you were really trying to force her to feed I mean and it wasn't it wasn't something you were allowing to happen naturally yeah um it was something I've got to do this. I've got to, uh, this is something I have to do. And and it was much more uh, forceful is the right word. I mean, and the nurse kind of, I remember the nurse coming into the room and saying, okay, just, just settle down a little. Right. Right. So you obviously remember that. Oh, I do because you were like, you probably were, chill out you wanted to run away and grab casey i was looking for a gurney to ride down the hallway it was was terrible no i I mean it wasn't i didn't know what i was doing you know it was just like i just didn't know what i was doing well and i'll tell you i've always thought that was a moment that um sort of was an extension of what you've always really kind of said is this has to be perfect yeah that this have to i have to be able to do this well and i Mm -hmm. have to be because of my past indiscretions that i'm not i'm not allowed to fail now because i've already failed twice right right so that that's what that's what i've always heard you say so Mm -hmm. so through the years you've got uh you're married to um me um which is (laughs) God bless you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you you sort of, you got five kids. And by the way, I, I'll share with the audience that, that uh, and this is something that that uh, I don't I don't mind sharing anymore, but, you know, your husband turned into an alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, never really lost a job, never really, you know, got arrested, anything like that. But, you know, I used to come home and just drink myself to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you, on the other hand, didn't want anybody to know that. Right. You, on the other hand, wanted everybody to think that I was perfect, that your kids were perfect, that you were perfect, because you needed to prove that you could be perfect. Right. Once yes. and for all. I was going to wash away all my sins by being perfect. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, boy. So, I guess it was, it's not that I want, I was trying to be you know, crazy overachiever mom or anything like that. You might have a different recollection of it, but I was perfect. No, um, but I think I, you have been perfect, by the way. So yeah. just, but you know, I was just between us. Okay. In, um, just in my appearance, in my weight, in, you know, the clothes that I wore, I wanted the kids to be, a certain way I wanted them to always you know I don't want them to look like ragamuffins and you know I, I wanted everybody on the exterior to be shiny and nice 
And um, that was my goal. You know, I didn't want anything to look like I had, you know, there was a dent in my armor. Like, you know, even though I'd really made some mistakes, that I didn't want anyone ever looking at me and thinking, oh, well, yeah, you know, she messed up back then. Not surprised. She's, you know, got crazy kid, wild kids and, mm. you know, her life's a mess. So it was really, it was very important for me to look like I had it all together and everybody else around me had it all together. One of the things that, that I really like, the analogy that you've used, and I don't know if you coined it or not, but the whole beach ball thing. Yeah. You want to yeah. go there? Yeah, sure. Um, so kind of holding down your feelings is like holding a beach ball underwater. So if you think about that, a beach ball is not tiny, so you're trying to hold it underwater, and you have to hold it down with both hands. Because if you let go, it's going to fly up. So that's kind of how the whole post-abortion, that's how I felt. I was always trying to stuff everything down and keep it down, keep it, you know, on lockdown sort of. So that it would, you know, above the surface, everything was good. But underneath, it was a struggle for sure. So there came a time... um in our relationship, and I, I don't, re, I, I don't know if I recall specifically what happened, but there came a time where, you know, we we were um, uh, constantly talking about uh, just something being missing from our relationship, mm-hmm. and and I know that I was a pain in your neck about that throughout the course of our uh, thirty-four years of our marriage. Um, and we couldn't quite figure it out, I don't think. I mean, we didn't really put our fingers on it. Um, but there were, you know, there was, there were sort of uh, intimacy issues in a broad sense, mm-hmm. and there were, you know, there was some, there was some sexual intimacy issues. Um, uh, and but there came a time, and, and we talked about those throughout the years, and and right. and we had debates about those throughout the years. I don't know that we ever actually argued, but we we had strong opinions about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there did come a time where we, where you decided I, I got to go someplace. Mm-hmm. So what, what prompted that and how did that feel? And, 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 you know, what, what, what got you started down that road? Um, you know, I think part of it was you saying, you know, you need help. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite like that, but it was just in so many words, maybe. Right. No, but it was more related to the abortion because you've been in the pro-life world forever. And so you knew these things. And so you, you know, you encouraged me, hey, maybe there's something there. I would never admit to it. Right. Um, but then there just came that time where, you know, then after you had said that to me, then I was looking through the Catholic Times and I noticed there's this Bethesda. And you had you knew a couple resources because you were at PDHC at the time and you had talked to me about a couple of things, you know, like, hey, just go check it out. Maybe there's something there, right? And you were still in the same sort of uh, mindset that you weren't going to go to PDHC because I was the boss there. And right, you, you, right. You didn't want anybody yeah, I did, to know. Yeah, I, did. I didn't. Yeah, that, that would have been difficult to be open and honest about my life to your 
the people that worked for you, sure. worked with you. So, um, so in the um, Catholic Times, there's um, just those little monthly reminders about meetings, and sure. Bethesda was in there, and I, I saw it there a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> a couple <laughs> of dozen times, yeah. maybe? And then, um, and then I just, you know, I made the call, and they were doing a day-long kind of a um, retreat kind of thing, and... Um, you dropped me off because I, I would have run, you know, like my hair was on fire at that moment. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I, I managed to get inside the doors. And it's so funny because I was afraid I was going to see somebody in there I knew. Yeah. <laughs> like, what were they doing there? Right. But in my, in my head, the devil sat in there so much mm-hmm. that I, um, that I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, see that. So anyway, I went in and was welcomed there with just love and acceptance and was able to start my healing. Well, it's a fascinating um a fascinating process and and did you did you know immediately that you were doing the right thing or or did it take a little bit of time to sort of sink in? Yeah, it was scary because I I just, you know, I didn't know how I was, I didn't know if everything I felt was kind of just me or everybody. But, you know, after, you know, just being there a few times and realizing, oh my goodness, everybody feels the same way, basically. Their stories are different, but we have the same kind of um, just feeling of putting that wall up around our heart and, and not being able to really enjoy life. And have joy. Well, once again, Joe, I just have to admire you and thank you for your honesty and Welcome. and and tell you that I have fallen in love with you again here today. So <laughs> thank you very much for everything that you've done for me in the past forty-one years, and thanks for the people that you're helping out there uh, who are listening that may be thinking about the things that you've brought up and may have mm-hmm. may be able to sort of meditate on those things and just yeah. sort of reflect and. And uh, if they have any kind of those feelings, you know, that, that maybe they can seek out the same help that you sought out. You're yeah. listening to Triumph on uh, uh, 820 St. Gabriel Radio. This is a show about God's mercy and post-abortion healing. We thank you for joining us. And until next month, go to stgabrielradio.com and listen to us on the archives. God bless you. <laughs>